0: Welcome to the CLIL for Teachers and Teams podcast. In this podcast, I share practical tips and tricks for implementing CLIL into your organization, within your school, or in your lesson. My name is Patrick de Boer, and I'm a CLIL teacher from the Netherlands, as well as a CLIL teacher trainer and coach. And in this podcast, I'd like to share my ideas and experiences with you in order to get CLIL on top of your mind. Have fun listening. Welcome to this new episode of the Cleo of Teachers and Teams podcast. Um, you might hear that the sound different from other uh, compared to other episodes and the reason for that is simple. Um, I have a new microphone and I want to keep using this one from now on to make sure that the quality of um, the podcast episodes is always the same and and, and has a good standard. Um, so let me know what you think of the audio quality from from, from well from before and if indeed, um, you think the decision to get a new microphone is a good one. But enough about me. Um, let me start with sharing what this episode is all about. Now, the reason that I recorded this episode is because I want to talk with you about what clearly is. You might think, well, you're, you know, almost at episode 20. Why do you start talking about what clearly is now? Now, the reason, well, there's a couple of reasons for that. First of all, um, I did talk about it at the beginning of this this podcast series and I shared some ideas on that, but the main reason was because I have a blog, many of you might know that, and I've been writing on that for that blog for years. Um, and the post, What is Clio?, was written in 2016, which is, well, some time ago. So let's just say that my take on it has evolved, and I wanted to share with you what I think Cleo currently is, and how you can use it in a way that is actionable and easy to implement. And that's what I want to focus on this episode. So I will link in the show notes to that blog post as well that I will republish um, as well. But most in during this episode, I will just talk about how can you define what how clear uh, if if what you do is clear, and share some ideas that you can use in your lesson to immediately implement it as well. So. um Whenever I train teachers during a a, a training session, especially when I start with a new training series and I talk with teachers who are new to CLIL, one of the questions I ask is, what is CLIL? Or can you describe CLIL in your own words, uh, in 15 words or less, which is, you know, a CLIL activity in and of itself? Um, Often they find it tricky. And the reason is, is because um, they don't know what it is, but also because there's so many different definitions of CLIL around. It's not that easy to determine, okay, this is CLIL and this is not CLIL. And why is that the case? Well, I've read quite a few books on CLIL. There's also quite a few books on CLIL around. And and the definition changes when it depends on what book you read, basically. Um, And all too often, those definitions are also, well, um, with all good intentions, not too easy to, to understand or implement, especially because a lot of things are, are, well, um, as the phrase is used, um, umbrella term, a lot of things are considered to be clear, and that makes it very hard to decide whether or not it actually is. So, uh, without further ado, what I do to check if something is clear, I basically check if two things are present. One does the task that you give students encourage language output and two does the task make sure that all students are engaged with the task and the reason is simple because if you have a clear lesson then there should be a focus on language especially language output and all students should be engaged because you don't learn a language by just talking about it or reading about it you need to well actively practice it so that's why I always well try to check these two boxes to see if an activity is CLIL. And it sounds easy enough, right? Just make sure that there are some language output. Now, there's a couple of things that I want to share with you that you might run into. The first one has to do with the fact that often hear teachers, when we talk about implementing CLIL, share that they're a bit afraid that their lessons will be a mess because students have to talk all the time. Well, that's not the case. Language output is also written output um so you don't have to constantly get them to talk you can also just make sure that um, they write down something and after that share that with partners and conclude what might be the best option etc a clear activity in and of itself think per share Um, but there is language output there because they write it down and there's in my lessons also moments where they just have to work in silence so uh, don't worry too much about having students to speak up all the time um the same goes for that constantly engaged part It sounds tricky, maybe, because you might not always have all students to be engaged, but it's doable if you just give them all a specific task to do and then randomly assign someone to answer the question or complete the task or share what they did instead of asking students to raise their hands. You know, it can be those small tweaks that already make it more clear. Um, Once they produce language output, you do want to provide some feedback on that. You want to give them some feedback on the task or but also and that's where clue comes in on the language involved this can be written so they provide you with some written piece and you provide content uh, feedback on the language there or spoken I always and you probably have heard this before I always share the example where if a student um, says tree in my lesson I start drawing trees and the student realizes oh I'm, I'm pronouncing it wrong I should say three. And that's, you know, that's that's providing feedback on language. And it can be as small as that. Don't overthink it. Um, by the way, you can also have students do help each other with this. Whenever I st- have students presenting something in class, I will give the class a task to also talk about um, or think of questions that they can ask. But also, can you provide some feedback on the language, right? So there is, um, you can also have peer feedback on that and organize that. Talking about organization. If you want students to complete tasks task successfully, they have to know what to do. And if you want them to um, use language there, they also need to know how to do that. And that's where scaffolding comes in. So scaffolding, both the learning and the language of students, helps them to be able to complete those tasks. Now, I'm not going to talk in this episode too much about scaffolding. I wrote it down as an idea for another um, um, podcast because it's a bit of a more advanced topic. And, and I also think that, um, I could talk about hours only about that topic, so I'm not going to do that now. But um, scaffolding in and of itself is crucial in a clear lesson. And while I say that, I think, well, there's so many things that are considered to be crucial. So I'm not, I don't want to say in any way that you have to do this, otherwise it's not clear. But it helps to make sure that students complete the task. Yeah. So next time you have a task, you set students to do something, Ask yourself. Ask yourself the question: Is language output promoted, and are all students engaged? If the question to both of these, if the answer to both of these questions is yes, then you might already be doing uh, CLIL activities. And of course, CLIL activities in and of itself should be part of a sequence. Um, it's not like you do one activity and then that's it. Then your lesson is CLIL. But if you just start out with CLIL don't overthink it. Start with one activity at a time. Start with one task at a time. So either use it to activate prior knowledge or to use it as a lesson reflection at the end of the lesson or talk about, um, um, get students to to, to interact in a way that you organize. You know, there's so many different things you can do. Don't try to overcomplicate it. And even with simple things like getting students to do, to work on their homework, you can even clarify that by saying, well, You now get 10 minutes to work on your homework and after those 10 minutes you get one more minute to think about how you're going to explain this task and then i'm going to ask someone to explain that task to everyone right so then they all have to think about how am i going to do that and after 10 minutes they have to have done something because they might have to explain something they didn't do before obviously i will select a homework problem that i know most of them have finished Um, But to make sure that they realize, okay, there is a follow-up, I need to produce language, you know, that they are held accountable, that's what makes sure that their students are more engaged, and of course, by asking them to produce written output when they do homework, think about how they're going to explain things, and then making sure that they are going to explain things to each other, there is a lot of language involved as well. What do you think of this? Does this make sense? Does this... Um, if you look at the CLIL from that perspective, so basically answering those two questions, does it help you to make sure that CLIL works? Now, I am going to publish um, a, a new free video training, which, which I will call the CLIL Crash Course, um, which I will publish soon. And especially if you're just starting out with teaching CLIL or if you know someone who's going to start out with, with teaching CLIL, this might be an interesting free video training um, to follow um, I will publish it somewhere over the course of the next couple of weeks. But obviously, I will share that as well on my website um, and on the socials. So that might be an interesting thing to look at. If you are new to CLIL and you don't really know how to tackle implementing CLIL in your lesson, have a look at that free training, the CLIL Crash Course, which will be available soon. Um, that's it for today. One more thing that I want to share, and I should have prepared this, or so I really quickly will open my calendar to make sure that I say the correct date. I want to share a save the date. Um, Together with David Marsh, we're going to organize um, an online CLIL Summit again. But this time, it's a two day event. And we're going to talk about the combination of AI and CLIL. Now, to be honest, personally, I'm not an expert on the topic. um, So that's why I will ask anyone who says, well, I have something worth sharing to to, um, um, send me a call for papers, if you will. It's not going to be that official. It's basically just Share with me what you want to talk about, and if we have room, uh, we will determine who's going to say what. So it's going to be a two-day event, October 17th, Tuesday, October 17th, and Wednesday, October 18th. It's going to be a two-day online event. Um, It's not free. It's going to be €10. And for that price, you get both live attendance as well as the replays. Um, So you get access to everything for that price. Um, and we're going to talk about the implementation of AI and CLIL. And I already know there's a lot that can be written about it. I've heard a lot of teachers use it already. Um, for example, use ChatGPT to come up with CLIL activities or even create tests with that. I've seen teachers do that. I've also seen software that uses AI to create lessons for you. So there's so much that is interesting. It's worth sharing that I think, well, this is a very nice topic to um, to do to talk about and as i said david marsh um will be um the keynote speaker to start off the event and he's he always got interesting things to share so i'm really looking forward to that um, so concluding make sure if you are new to CLIL, or even if you're a little experienced and you just want to check am i doing CLIL? Uh, is it good enough answer those two questions are all students engaged is language output promoted if the answer to both is yes, then um, you're doing Clil. And if you know someone who's new to Clil and you, they think well, and you think well, they might need a bit of a refresher or may, might need a, a quick well, this is how you do things. Have a look at the Clil Crash Course on my website. That's it for today. Let me know what you thought of this episode, and um, we'll see you next week.